Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, hello there, everyone. It's Wednesday night, and you are on Fightful's YouTube channel that you can find either at Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, or at YouTube.com slash Fightful. And if you're here on a Wednesday night, that means that you want to hear talk about wrestling, more specifically, NXT Bash at the Beach and AEW Fighter Fest. Both Great American Bash! Great, what did I say? Look at the Great hat. American Bash? Great American Bash. There's so many bash. Yes, there's so many bashes. And besides, it's been Canada Day. Shout out to Canadians. Happy birthday, my brethren. I was so co- that's why I'm so confused with Alex's hat. But hey, we're gonna power through this. We're gonna be talking about AEW and NXT tonight, right here. It's the Wednesday Night Wars podcast. Uh, and uh, and thank you everyone for tuning in this evening here, watching us. Uh, whether you're on Fightful.com, like I said, FightfulWrestling.com, or on the YouTube channel, thank you very much. Also, remember to take a moment and check out Fightful Select as well. It is the best, best possible way to support everything that we do here at Fightful. You've got all sorts of extra content. If you become a subscriber, a member of Fightful Select, you got some fantastic stuff. you got Sean who does Q&A sessions as well. There's extra content from the list and your boy the weekly podcast that Sean does with uh, Jimmy Van. You also have uh, you also have Steven Jensen who does uh, who covers all sorts of non WWE uh, stuff as well. And of course, you get Alex Pulowski who does Sour Graps, his weekly reviews of both Raw and SmackDown over there. And he is one of the people who joins us on Wednesdays. Alex, how are you this evening with your wonderful hat? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I decided to bring this out a few days early. This is usually only a July 4th ensemble piece, but uh, it's the Great American Bash a few days early. 
So why not? I figured this is uh, more American than a couple of random cars on a set. So, you know, uh, I'm having my own midlife crisis with this hat, I suppose. <laughs> and one is notice your midlife midlife crisis is notably less expensive than whoever brought out the two cars. We also have Louis Dangor who's joining us again this week. Louis, you're feeling a lot better than you did last week and just in time for some uh for some AEW tonight. How you doing, Louis? How are things? I'm good. I'm I'm all good. I mentioned to you guys before we started. I've got two days off work for the next two days so I can recover from staying up till 4:30 a.m. and I can spend tomorrow watching NXT. Interesting. You get two days off. The Americans reject you, and yet you still benefit somehow from their holiday. I don't. I don't understand how politics work. I don't. I really don't. Let's not get into it, folks. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to as well, you can leave us a super chat as we go along, and I will read your question or comment live on the air. And if your super chat has uh, something to do with uh, perhaps uh, one of the matches. I'll save it. I'll save it for a little later when we get to that match or segment or event, and we'll bring it up there. But we can still start off uh, start off by uh, by Patelron, who left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Saying Louis' dog is very cute. How about that, Louis? Your dog is already uh, your your dog is already a draw here on the on Wednesday nights. My dog is cute. I will send you guys a photograph later. He is a very cute dog. And um, uh, pass it to DJ. Pass it to DJ. Excuse me. Also leaves us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says Alex, is the hat just uh, is the hat just a piece of an outfit? Like, is it? Is there something more to it, or is this like a standalone? <laughs> is, like a, is it a full Uncle Sam outfit, complete with fake white beard? The answer, sadly, is no. Well, they, just the hat. Just, and but what a hat! But what a hat! But but what a hat it is indeed. So, We've got we've got Bash at the Beach. Uh, not Bash. I said Bash at the Beach. Now Great American Bash next week. If you don't have a full ensemble on next week's show, <laughs> you've got a week. There's I no. Think I, might, I think I might face paint my uh, my face as the American flag. I'm not sure. Hey, I'm already looking forward to it. Holy hell! Um, we had uh, we had Bash. Not uh, Great American Bash. We're never. We're, we're going to say Bash at the Beach for the rest of the evening. I jinxed the whole episode. Uh, we got Great American Bash on one side. We had Fighter Fest on the other. Alex, which ha- was the better show tonight? Um, have you seen the hat? <laughs> there, you're asking me questions which are very clearly answered by my hat. Oh, okay. So on Alex's side, NXT, uh, in one word, Louis, who do you think won tonight? I'll I'll make it two words and I'll say the hat because I think that there's no way I can. um, Great American Bash wins purely for Alex's outfit. Okay, well, so we'll go with that. There you go. Uh, I will also I'll also throw my hat in here, haha, so to speak, and say, man, these were two really, really, really good shows on both sides. But I think NXT just ekes out a little bit. So we're going to start with NXT tonight. Um, with the fatal four-way, Anakin left us a super chat. Thank you, Anakin. Says, Warren, please please give me a good reaction face when Candice was eliminated so I can use it for a GIF. Well, here's the reaction face. Hope, you, hope you're happy now. But it was big. We had a, this fatal four-way between Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae that Tegan Knox ultimately won. It was a, an elimination style. 
with uh, basically the story of this match here was Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox tearing each other apart yet again. Candice smashes Dakota's face on the apron at some point early on in the match, with which looked really scary. Uh, all the women trade uh, kicks in the corner. Candice is first to get eliminated by Mia Yim. Uh, Dakota Kai at some point hits a really nice hip toss driver. I don't know how else to call it. That was really, really good. It was a code read by Mia Yim, uh, who hits protect your neck on Knox, but she rolls out to the outside to avoid getting eliminated. And instead Kai rolls Yim up to eliminate her. The, so Kai and Knox trade a hell of a lot of strikes. There's a huge cannonball in the corner by Tegan Knox. The, the whiplash on, on Tegan Knox's, uh, excuse me, on Dakota Kai's neck. I could feel it all the way over here. Knox hits a great fallaway slam into a bridge combo. Um, Kai hits the chiropractor. Knox refuses to say to stay down, but a molly go round and the shiniest wizard does it. Alex, this was a good, strong match to start off the proceedings. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai could fight forever in my book, but I want to get your thoughts on this match. Um, I think they have fought forever. I think that's the thing is that I I, I really enjoy uh, their their work together. They're always fantastic. They they have incredible chemistry as they would from being uh, friends and partners for so long. Uh, finally, getting has to go against each other. They have great chemistry. That being said, I would love for each of them to find something else to do for a while. Like I love every every time that you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had matches against each other, but eventually became that was the only people they had matches against. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see them move on and do other stuff. When, when it, invariably, at some point in their careers, we get Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn again, it'll be a monumental event because we, we, we miss it now. Mm-hmm. You know? As opposed to, there's, they don't give us a chance to miss Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox because that's the only thing they're doing. Um, having this be an elimination-style match, uh, and what it felt like over half of it being the one-on-one. Like, Candice was eliminated really mm-hmm. fast. Um, and in, in, a, in a way that just didn't... I don't want to say it's disrespect. I don't think they realize what they have here in Candice. In, and they never have, frankly, when she spent a whole year being Mrs. Gargano and that's it. And she executed, I thought, like an interesting, clever... Um, uh, heel turn, and now like this character is entirely different, and they're still like slow rolling her. Like, let's get to the real Candace stuff. Maybe next week it's been announced that she's going to have a one-on-one street fight with Mia Yim. Maybe that will be the Candace Lerae we all knew we were going to get in NXT, but haven't quite yet gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I'm I thought it was going to be Dakota Kai. I think it's a very easy program to to strengthen EO uh, as as a babyface because I think that's certainly where they're pushing her at this point, um, and also to give her a strong win in her first title defense. I think that Dakota Kai can easily take that loss, but I don't know that Tegan can. So we'll see how that how that all goes. But it seems to me that's far off down the line because EO's involved with something else right now. Anakin left us a couple of super chats. Thank you, by the way, Anakin. Uh, says, uh, you couldn't hear what was said, but cameras definitely showed Tegan and Dakota talking to each other. It pulled me out of an otherwise great match. Well, so, you know, sometimes 
sometimes that's just the reality of wrestling. You know, sometimes you hear the spots mm-hmm. getting called. Um, and he also asks, what was the miscommunication from Mia Yim's elimination? Commentary never elaborated. Alex, do you have uh, you I, have an observation I on this? I don't know. It seems like the miscommunication shouldn't have been something they were called out because it seemed like it was miscommunicated between the wrestlers and the ref. Like the ref called three when he wasn't supposed to have or whatever. Like it wasn't like there's no miscommunication between. Of course, there's miscommunication between Dakota Kai and Mia Yim. They're not supposed to be communicating. They're fighting each other. So it's a weird thing for them to have called out. And yeah, that was all very odd to me. Um, I, I, I. I, I presume there was more to Mia Yim in the match, and she was she was countered countered the three before she was supposed to. Mm-hmm. That's what let's, I assume at that point. Let's not forget the show was pre-taped earlier yeah. in the day, so if it was a big glaring error, I'm sure they could have gone back and corrected it. it they, they absolutely, right. they could have done it. So they definitely could. Uh, they they were definitely in a position where they were like, "Hey, we'll just live with it. It's fine." Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Still one of the more controversial usernames out there. Thank you for the super chat, by the way. It says, Knox tapped, but the referee didn't see. So uh, that, that could uh, be it. And also maybe. compliments your hat, Alex, saying great hat, bro. Zach Barber left us a super chat, says, uh, shake my head. Y'all took WWE's cobbled together bait. Hey, you know, uh, we, I don't know what bait we took. We both said both shows were very, very strong. Just like this one a little more. I don't see what bait I took or Alex or Louis. So, hey, thanks for the super chat. Next. It's purely Alex. As we said, it's purely Alex. <laughs> right. That's the only reason we preferred the show more. Uh, later in the night, we saw after the match, Candice LeRae being backstage. And she goes after Mia Yim. She's with Johnny Gargano. And she goes after Mia Yim. And apparently Isaiah serves Scott is getting involved in this Alexander. He uh, he was there with uh, Mia Yim and uh, took offense to Gargano's intervention. Uh, guess we'll be moving on uh, moving on to Gargano versus Scott. I I suppose like that that was something I thought was going to be announced for next week. Maybe it is yet to be, but um, that was a, an odd like the swerve was just happened to be there and took exception to Johnny Gargano's. Johnny Gargano ness, <laughs> and as everybody would, uh, and yeah, okay, fine, I, I'm down for that match. But it does seem to be they're positioning Swerve Scott to be the next challenger to uh, to Santos Escobar. So I don't feel like you should def- you shouldn't be putting him in a match with Gargano that he's going to lose if that is indeed the case. Dimian Priest cuts a promo on Cameron Grimes, basically challenging him to a one-on-one match. And then a little later on in the evening, Cameron Grimes responds, saying that he's going to be pushed to the moon. And Anakin left us a super chat because, say, again, thank you very much, saying because Cameron Grimes has terrible taste in hats. I disagree. I think the hat is part of what makes him fantastic. And I also feel like the way he portrays a Southerner is the way I'd portray it as well. So that always makes me feel good. <laughs> yes. With just a, the same and right amount of nuance yeah. that, that, that when that man opens his mouth, I hear banjos. That's it. That's all that, that's all that comes out. It's just, it's interesting. Like, it's fine. I think it's funny that, that like that, that um, priest basically calls him out on all the things he obviously did. Obviously slashed priest tires, obviously attacked him. 
uh, when he was getting out of his car, costing him that match they had. And and Grimes' response is, what are you talking about, boy? I'm the number one contender for whoever beats Adam Cole or Keith Lee. Look at my hat. Wee yeehaw. And and I love that they simply just they're just they're not on the same wavelength. I think that's actually quite quite well uh, illustrated. Dick Cameron Grimes just pop onto this call. <laughs> Did I miss something? I know, right? If you close your eyes, it's as if he was there. Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Left another super chat. Thank you again. Says I hope Swerve is finally getting a push. Yeah, he's a talented guy, and he's been wrong for a while now. Doing some stuff on 205 Live, but he'd be overdue for some kind of uh, proper attention. Next, uh, we had Oni Lorcan versus Timothy Thatcher. My God, this was right up my alley, and I'm going to have to rewatch this. I'm going to have to rewatch the whole thing tonight because I was on double duty, and man, this was some good, good stuff. Lots of grappling to start. They were stretching the hell out of each other. I love the spot where. Um, where uh, Oni has a um, uh, has an arm uh, has an arm bar locked onto Thatcher. Thatcher tries to lift him up, you know that tired spot where he lifts him up to try and power bomb him. But instead, Oni keeps him grounded, gets him into another submission. But Thatcher reverses him into a crossface while holding Oni into a in an Indian deathlock with his legs. Ah, oh, it was fantastic. This was a catch match through and through. Of course, they beat the shit out of each other, and. I I loved it when Thatcher had him had Oni in a in a, um, a, a like a grounded sleeper. Then Oni starts to fish hook him. Fujiwara Fujiwara armbar does the job for Thatcher. He gets the win. No surprise there. Alex thoughts on the match. My God. Um, I I, I want to say this is one of those matches that that doesn't need any story. You know, like this is like we haven't seen Thatcher in action since he sent Riddle to, to SmackDown. You know, like, Lorkin's been doing his tag team thing. But I love that Lorkin's like, I don't like you, Timothy Thatcher. Mr. Regal, in all caps on Twitter, give me a match versus Timothy Thatcher. And Regal's like, well, um, you drive a hard bargain, Mr. Lorkin. <laughs> you can have your match. I think that's awesome. That That's all it needs to have this kind of thing. What a great so showcase for both guys. Only Lorkin is the perfect guy in NXT who never loses anything by losing a match. He's bulletproof without ever winning anything because he, you get the feeling that he's going to go out there, just a, a whirling dervish of knees and elbows and forehead bone and just try <laughs> to win no matter what. He has, no, he has no levels. He's always at like a 10 and a half. That's just how he lives his life. And I love that that's what he puts it into everything. Um, this was so great. As you said, Warren, right up your alley right up my alley. I know when Louis gets to watch it, it's going to be right up his alley. If this is not right up your alley, you need to move because you live in the wrong alley. This is such good stuff. I I, I once likened Oni Lorkin to this, to like a guy at like a local pub. Like if you would go, you could go to visit your cousin who's going to college in Boston. He takes you to this, to this place. He says, see that guy over in the corner? I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who swears he saw that dude over there in the corner bite the head off a live pigeon. You look over and it's Oni Lorkin. That's what that guy looks like. Ugh. But Timothy Thatcher, I'm pretty sure, murdered a dude in Thailand and escaped from prison and swam home. That's how crazy Timothy Thatcher looks. These two guys together, it's magic. Can they just beat each other up every week for 10 minutes every Wednesday? I'm I'm in. I'm in. 
Oh boy! And when you th- when you think about it, Oni's character on Twitter is very very close to that as well. You know, we're n- we're not yes. that far off. It does scream pigeon eater. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, Josh Josh uh, Kirsch leaves a super chat. Uh, says I'd like to see Thatcher get the North American title. Louis, I that's not a bad idea. Oh, it's good, pretty good on it. I mean, Thatcher and um, Lee sounds like a great match. Um, yeah. Sort of match that... where as well, if you have Lee competing twice on a pay-per-view, if yeah. you put him first match against, for, for example, he main event, if he, presuming he wins, he has first match with uh, Thatcher. That's a, and that, that probably makes his second match even more uh, sort of the odds stacked against him because you're not in the ring with anyone. You're in the ring with Timothy Thatcher, who is going to hurt you. Yeah. So no, that, that, that sounds like a great idea. I, I'd be 100% up for seeing that. I, I I love that idea. I I think it's I think it's great. Um, it feels like though, NXT is only here for the four, five, six, nine, twelve month reigns. Like I'd love to see Timothy Thatcher get a chance to be a transitional champion or take it off of a transitional champion or whatever. But there are no transitional champions in NXT. Everybody's the champion for long periods of time. So there's no other chance for like everybody to get their chance to see what a run with the belt would be like for sure. X or Y. But I think we've started to get more transitional champions though I in mean, recent years. I suppose. In recent months, sorry. The line drive left a super chat says, put Oni and Thatcher in fight pit, you cowards. It also yes. it also thank you by by the way for the super chat. Also uh leans into a a super chat from our boy Throwback. You should subscribe to his YouTube channel. He has a YouTube channel. Go out there, find it, subscribe. Throwback, uh, thank you again. Says, put Thatcher and Oni in the fight pit. My God, so good. What a technical match. He also, uh, there's another part to his super chat, which will lead us into uh, our next segment here. Saying with the cross promo, because we did have a Icarian cross and Scarlet video package. Is there a possibility that the next takeover could be takeover judgment day? Not a bad thought, considering that they can't really travel right now. And since they're digging up old WWE pay-per-view names, Alex, well, yeah. why not go back to that one? I, I would love for them to be uh, take over Great Balls of Fire, personally. I think that was only used once and never again, and I think it got a, a bad rap. <laughs> Pass it to D. It'll be in two weeks. It'll be in two weeks, though, the next uh, <laughs> It's true. Pass it to DJ says, uh, Sour, thank you very much for the super chat, by the way. Sour Alex is great, but happy Alex is amazing. Oh, you only get him on the, you only get him on Wednesday nights. FYI. On Wednesdays. It's the one night a, a week when I am not a miserable human being. <laughs> throwback left us a new other super chat. Thank you, throwback. Says, Oni is one tough Boston Irish boy. He did the city proud. Indeed, he did. Joel Pearl. Leaves us a super chat as well. Thank you, Joel. Says, happy great Canadian bash. Both shows were good tonight. They were indeed. We're going to keep going on uh, NXT tonight. Moving on to Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah and Robert Stone. Anakin left us a super chat. Says, I feel, I have a feeling Alex and I are in sync about that Rhea Ripley match. Well, let's find out. Because Stone comes out, puts on, put puts on, funny funny year because he's not a fighter so he you know he has to look completely out of his element he has you know boxer shorts and glasses and the match starts Aaliyah hits a satellite hurricane runner early on which was cool 
Rhea gets in control. Stone goes for a Piscato, but Rhea just steps aside and he eats the mat. Um, we go for commercial back from it. Uh, the heels have uh, a Boston Crab headlock combo set on Rhea, but Rhea just super, superplex, uh, not superplexes, but suplexes them both, excuse me. And uh, she pancakes Aaliyah right into Stone's crotch and finishes the match with double standing cloverleafs. I'm, go- I'm, gonna- I'm just going to preface this, Alex. I am really, really glad that she didn't lose and had to yeah. join Robert Stone brand because we were anticipating this part of shitty booking. Thankfully, this was dodged, but this is a match that happened, Alex. Oh, God. Okay. So, yes, it's right. It's a good thing that she did not lose and be and forced to be part of the Robert Stone brand, whatever that is. It's a good thing that she didn't lose because that would have been an interminable uh, storyline for all, all parts, for all parties involved. Um, but if she's not going to lose... Why put her in this match? Why, why, why do it? The, the stipulation is, if the stipulation is, if I lose, I have to join your um, your faction. If I win, I get nothing. So, what's the point of the match? Like it, and and if you're gonna do intergender, like I see both sides depending on how it's done. Okay, I see no problem with it really, unless there are pro, pro, promotions. Who, who do it and make it not great. You know what I mean? If you're going to do intergender, just do intergender. Don't do this, whoopsie-daisy, my lady partner fell on my naughty bits, womp-womp. Like, that's bullshit. What is that? Like, okay, great. Like, it's it's it can't be impressive that Rhea Ripley beat the worst women's wrestler on the roster by wins and losses, and also by everything else, and her non-fighter manager. Like, Rhea Ripley should be able to beat them in 30 seconds. Just throw Robert Stone out of the ring and pin Aaliyah, like, scream at her, and she'll faint. Like, that's what Aaliyah has been this whole time. Like, so, this doesn't make it... Rhea Ripley deserves so much better. Like, I, I... I hate that I'm saying this because I know the dangers of this possibility and what it could mean, but I really hope she shows up on Raw or SmackDown soon because NXT obviously has no idea what the hell to do with her. There's a huge void, a huge Charlotte and Becky-shaped void on Raw that they're not filling with Bianca Belair or Shayna Baszler for whatever reason. Maybe they could fill it with Rhea Ripley. The lot... I mean, it, yeah, NXT's not doing anything with her. The line drive left us a super chat. It says, with the Rhea Ripley match, was it a missed opportunity to re-debut Mercedes Martinez after that match for mm. full redirect oh. after a bit of fun? I can get behind that kind of booking, Louis. I got to tell you, yes. I really like it. I think it was either last week or the week before, Alex suggested a best of five series. And yeah, if she came out afterwards and 
cut a promo on her or attacked her, I would it would have transformed this segment where people aren't talking about the comedy. They're talking about how we're going to get Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez. So I think that whoever left that super chat was definitely onto a good idea. With it. definitely gone to a good idea there. Uh, Josh Kirsch left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. Says, uh, what should be the first WWE intergender match? And to follow that up, A to Zio Smith says, on a, because of a super chat as well, thank you very much, A to Z, WWE's first intergender match should obviously be Drew versus Sasha after Raw on Monday. She was not <laughs> scared of the psychopath. Hashtag two belts banks. Uh, Alex, if WWE were to were to, to stop teasing us with intergender matches and decide to go all in on it. What, 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 what do you think? I, 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 here's how I would do it. I'd have it. I mean, I don't know how they're actually when, it, when he's ever going to show up, show back up, but the heel, Sammy Zayn, this guy who, who could basically play Andy Kaufman. Like I'm the, I'm the intergender wrestling champion, bring out all these women. Like, again, this would only happen if there was no COVID thing. But bring women out of out of the out of the crowd, obvious plants to wrestle and beat them immediately. I can beat any woman here. And Rhea Ripley debuts on Raw by saying, "Can you beat me?" And and Sami Zayn's, "Oh no no no, I won't I won't I won't wrestle you." Blah blah blah. And eventually she gets him to wrestle her, and he doesn't take it seriously until she forces him to. And then they have an honest to goodness wrestling match. Rhea Ripley, who's roughly the same size as Sami Zayn. <laughs> actually wrestling each other. That's how I would do it. I'd have Rhea Ripley come out on top. And I, I think Sami Zayn's the right guy to, to, to know exactly how to present that. So, so, it, so he would, he would do it honestly. Um, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and Aaliyah. No, that, there, there, well, there you go. That'd be super credible. And everyone would be really happy about that. Wouldn't, wouldn't create a shit storm at all. Uh, Cyclops with Aaliyah, with Aaliyah winning. Of course. Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Uh, left another super chat. Says disappointed in the in the Rhea finish. She needs a change, which leads into Anakin's next super chat. Thank you again, Anakin. Saying remember three months ago when Rhea was in an awesome WrestleMania title match with Charlotte Louis. You remember them good old days that happened so long ago. That was my favorite WrestleMania Mine match. Too. Um, yeah, Rhea has fallen off. Uh, the cliff, but don't worry, it's going to make sense in two to three months, I believe. We, we <laughs> uh, I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, we're we're still we're still looking forward to that. Uh, Zach Barber left us a super chat again. Thank you. Zach says, "Preach, Alex. Did any match on Great American Bash have a point? I'd say a few of them had a point. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like, okay, as far as like a a point, I I guess I understand his his gripe. Some of them." didn't need points. Timmy Thatcher and Orkin and Orkin didn't have a point except for the two dudes who wanted to beat the stuffing out of each other and they did. But as far as like, you know, you set up a convention. If you lose this match, you have to join my faction. And you win, which means you get nothing. That doesn't have a point. You yeah. know what I mean? Certain things like that are, are the case. But I think some matches have less points than what you would might want, but they still have points. Anakin JMT left us another super chat. Thank you, Anakin. Says, Great Balls of Fire was a bad name, but a great pay-per-view. Yeah. If, if memory serves me right, I do believe I enjoyed it. I think it surprised just about everyone. Um, We get a promo with Roderick Strong delving into his psychosis 
from the past few weeks, which leads us into the strap match. Roderick Strong versus Dexter Loomis. Pass it to DJ left us a super chat. Thank you again. Says, did WWE forget about Strong and Fish in the trunk and decided to blame Dexter Loomis? And Bobby Fish looked so suspicious after he attacked Dexter Loomis. Now, I'm... Are we talking about Strong and Fish in the trunk back uh, at the uh, at takeover? Because, yeah, it seems to me they were both in the trunk, but now we're focusing just on Loomis. Uh, not on Loomis, on Strong. And Bobby Fish looked suspicious after he attacked Dexter Loomis tonight. Um, did he? Because, man, he, like, he just got taken out, right? As far as I know. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I, I, think, I think that... I, I, If he looked suspicious, I don't think either Alex or I or Louis, I'm taking a, you know, I'm taking a guess here that Louis didn't notice either. Um, So maybe you saw something we we didn't. And you know what? That's the great thing about wrestling. Everyone can spot all sorts of different things. But as far as this match goes, uh, Strong early on tries to leave the ring. But of course, he's got a, he's strapped to Dexter Loomis. So Loomis yanks him back, strikes him down. Uh, Roddy early on tries some some chops on Loomis, but Loomis no sells them. Um, he uh, he punches Loomis in the corner with the strap around his knuckles. They fight it, uh, up the ramp. Loomis tries to put Strong in the trunk of one of the cars, which was cool. Didn't notice if Loomis had the keys to the trunk or if the trunk was already popped or if the keys were already there in the trunk. Maybe Loomis has an accomplice. I'd say that much. Um Roderick Strong does get some control in the match, though, when he lariats Loomis down, hits a huge superplex. Bobby Fish does interfere, but he eats the strap, and Loomis chokes out Strong for the win, Alex? Like, choked yep. him out with the strap? That's not very PG-13. No. I mean, also, this is, this is the other thing about us watching it, is Dexter Loomis kept wrangling with that with that strap. It was just, he had too much slack to, that couldn't figure out how to do... Like, um, we have a, uh, an electric snowblower and we have a really long extension cord for our long driveway. And I always wind up like having to like wrap the thing around me like seven times so that I don't like accidentally run over it with the snowblower, which has happened twice. So, so it reminded me of like when you, when you got this really long, like on a, like a vacuum where you don't want to back up cause the, and, oh, got to wrap that up in here and, uh, uh just learn how to deal with the strap before you do the strap match because it looked it it, it it took away a lot from Dexter Loomis's mystique but I I, I did I did really enjoy this match um, I I thought it was going to be one of those strap matches where you got to drag the guy from post to post they don't do that anymore I'm really glad it wasn't yeah. I'm really glad it wasn't because those are usually not great because it's like it's usually like this guy dragging him from one post to the next post to the third post. Can he get him to the fourth post? Oh, no, he can't. And they do that like seven times. And I'm really glad that they didn't do that in this case. Um, Loomis is great, but I don't know what they do with him. Like, he's he's this mute, obvious serial killer who's a good guy. I don't know where that goes after his feud with, feud with Roderick Strong. I'm here to learn. Like, show me. <laughs> like... I'm I'm willing to find out, but right now it's it's kind of confusing. Cyclops is. They had plans that. All I'm gonna say is they had plans that won't be happening anymore. I think people can <laughs> yep. take from that what sure. they will, and 
Yeah. Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Uh, left a super chat. Thank you very much. As I'm still not sold on Dexter Loomis. Strong deserves better. Look, Roderick Strong, Alex sang his praises on last week's episode. He is one of the most versatile guys that WWE has. Whatever they give him, he he is absolute gold on every at every occasion. Um, uh, Loomis is a very strong character. I don't know, Louis. Uh, there's a lot of. It seems like he's right into WWE's wheelhouse as far as you know character goes. He's very charismatic. You know to pull off a. Uh, a mute, you have to rely on a bunch of intangibles. Um, what do you think the future has for for Dexter Loomis, despite plans he's being a- changed? <laughs> um, well, he he seems, as you say, in WWE's wheelhouse, but not NXT's wheelhouse. He seems like a gimmick that was probably more suited to the main roster as opposed to the sort of work great matches that we see in NXT. It's not taking anything away from him, but I don't know what the future holds for him, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I really don't know. Shaw Rong Sap left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says, so Alex, are you two gonna ignore Damian Priest? Well, there's not much to talk about Damian Priest tonight. He had a like, very his, generic his promo pro- at the start. Is, I mean, I, I, I do appreciate him like saying, hey, you're, why are you such a coward who won't admit that what, what you've done, yeah, uh, yeah. Cameron Grimes? But Cameron Grimes totally um, uh, uh, overshadowed him when he opened up his mouth and banjos came out. Like, at that point, I, I forgot all about the dulcet... Listen, uh, Cameron Grimes, I, I, I want to know why you w- won't own up to what you did. Like, it's a wonderful, wonderful, nice bass, profundo uh, oh, thing he's got going on. But, 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 until we get the obvious uh, rematch between him and Cameron Grimes, I don't know what to say about it. Cactus J22 left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says, I'm surprised Sour Graps, that's you, Alex, picked NXT tonight as the better show, considering the purpose of the main event of NXT was to push a main roster feud. Well, we'll, 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 we'll touch on that, but I mean, you know, thank you for the super chat. I mean, I, I was I was wearing the hat. Like that's... Yes, I mean, there's not much of a shock here. Uh, <laughs> Keith Lee had, and Adam Cole had a hype video for next week. Josh Kirsch left us a super chat. Thank you again. It says Cross versus Lee at the next takeover for the NXT title? Question mark. Louis shaking his head. Why not, Louis? <laughs> fiend is why not because they're gonna fiend carrying Cross, mm-hmm. and then what? Wait, you... I think what it's really funny think? that like like they're gonna they're gonna fiend carrying Cross, but the funny thing is that. He got to debut with his sister Abigail. Like that's what everybody's ever always wanted. Why can't we have Sister Abigail? It's gonna make Bray Wyatt and the Fiend so much better. Well, now you got Karrion Cross, who's basically being gonna be booked as the Fiend, and he's got a Sister Abigail with him, and all she does is carry around a comically sized or hourglass and lip sync badly. Like at least if you're gonna have a Sister Abigail, have her do spooky stuff. I like the lip syncing. You're being harsh. Uh, no, no. He's not. <laughs> You're in a minority here, Louis. <laughs> but that's okay. Santos Escobar comes out for, to cut a promo. He, sing, he says uh, everyone has turned Lucha into a joke. And it's because of the masks. He wants to build an empire. Drake Maverick comes out with a neck brace. He whips it off and he goes and attacks him despite the fact that he's outnumbered three to one. 
and he gets beat up. Surprise, surprise, he gets beat up. But Brizango comes out for the save, setting up a six-man uh, tag for next week between Escobar and his uh, his allies versus Brizango and Drake Maverick. Um, Jimmy... I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Hamisinto Gomez. I'm sorry. I'm 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 stupid. Uh, but thank you for the super chat nonetheless. It says things started slow with Phantasma slash Escobar, but I really enjoy what they are doing with him. Mob boss Lucha. Uh, I think they're doing a good job with it, Alex. My only problem is yeah. um uh, is Drake Maverick has the worst case of stupid babyface syndrome I have seen in a long long time though yeah um yeah it's 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 hard to get I, I behind a guy who's this dumb yeah i mean it's 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 weird like he's 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 braver than he is smart you know that that whole thing okay great i mean it was a cute storyline that like i'm glad that you have your, your your contract that's great this can't be the number one feud for your new cruiserweight champion like like what? What? Like you? They could have sent Drake away for a while. Like get him get paid, let him stay home, and then when he comes back healed up from his broken neck, then you can do something. The first feud's got to be an actual rip roarer. Yeah. Him like like Santos versus Swerve Scott. Let him have some great matches setting up for for a, for a, for a badass cruiserweight title match as opposed to Drake Maverick who just keeps showing up and getting his ass kicked. I. Question for Louie from Anakin, who left a super chat. Thank you again. Louie, does WWE consider... See, he called you out specifically. I can't even give it to Alex. The, you know, you got to give the paying customer what he wants. Louie, does WWE consider Escobar a full Cruiserweight champion and not just interim since his title card doesn't call him an interim champ? I'm going to be careful how I <laughs> deal with this one. But certain circumstances, COVID and otherwise, might have changed the status. Next. Yeah, no, no, but no. Yes. But yes, <laughs> I, yes, yes. I think he's the yes. I think he's the cruiserweight champion now, and that's that. Zach Barber left a super chat. Thank you again, Zach. Says Goldberg shows up to beat Karrion Cross. That's what, Louis. <laughs> that's the that's what's coming up next. Thank you for the super chat, Zach. Cyclops is better than Wolverine leaves, leaves us another one. It says, I think the lip syncing is cool as hell. So there you go, Louie. You, you got yourself a friend. Next week on top of the six-man uh, six tag match that was announced, we're getting uh, the re-debut of Mercedes Martinez. We're getting Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae in a street fight. And, of course, Adam Cole versus Keith Lee. Winner takes all. Pass it to DJ says that Adam Cole left the super chat. Thank you again. Says uh, that Adam Cole Keith Lee video package was amazing, just like sour graps. <laughs> main, <laughs> main event time. Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks for the NXT Women's Championship. Rafael Garcia straight off the bat left us a super chat. Bailey's character is basically Angelica from Rugrats, <laughs> and I love it. I. I've heard a lot of comparisons in regards to you know where where Bailey's energy is coming from, and I can I can get behind the Angelica the Angelica comparison. So 
Sasha and Bailey get driven into the uh, get driven into the arena in a car. But and in the meantime, and I don't want to do too much crossover for a bunch of reasons here with AEW. But in the meantime, in the same in the main event on the other side, the best friends are being driven into the arena as well by Trent Beretta's mom, Sue. Well, in the meantime, well, over here, Sasha is being driven in by a chauffeur and her corgi. Now, this is the kind of counter programming I can get into. This one started off fast with uh, Io hitting a missile drop kick uh, that sends Sasha to the floor, followed immediately by a great flying crossbody by Shirai. Uh, Shirai and Banks are on the top rope. Uh, Io setting her up for something, but Bailey opens the car, the, the door to one of the cars, and starts honking the horn to distract Io. And uh, my God, Alex, she's 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 such a treat. Bailey is. Uh, I'm. I'm. I. I... I, be- I believe this. Bailey and Sasha together, but Bailey specifically is the best thing on any show that WWE does because she she actively hates it. <laughs> and she should. But like just her her just crapping all over Michael Cole every single week on SmackDown. He deserves it so much, but she she's just there to gum up the works, mm-hmm. to throw a monkey wrench in there. I think I think it's I think it's I think she's so this was a really good, pay, a fantastically paced match. Uh, that again, Sasha Bank got Sasha Banks got to shine once more on NXT. Uh, she did some joint manipulation on Shirai. Uh, Shirai hit a Frankenstein'er from the top rope, and Sasha landed on her ass. That could not have felt good. Uh, Shirai hits a really taut German suplex that folded Sasha in half. Um, Shirai goes for the moonsault, but Shir- but Sasha interrupted it and gets Io in a tree of woe, where she where Sasha tells Io, "You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me." But uh, Shirai crunches out of the position as Sasha charges. Banks ends up hitting a top rope meteora, and she power bombs Shirai off the apron into the plexiglass and onto the floor. A frog splash by uh, by Banks is countered into a crossface. Bailey runs interference. That uh, that allows her to attack Shirai, but Oscar shows up and mists Banks right in the face. A moonsault by Shirai wins the match. I know you didn't like the end, Alex, but this was a hell of a match. Oh my God! The reason I didn't like the ending was because the match deserved a better ending. The match was amazing. These two women killed it. I I I do want to say that um. This particular point of uh, proportion of uh, the Wednesday Night Wars podcast is being brought to you without commercials. This this week on the USA, Mike the Miz Mizanin hosts this thing. This is not a commercial that we're saying out loud during this match. It was just really disingenuous. And I thought so perfectly WWE to say, there's no commercials. Listen as our commentator reads you a commercial is hilarious. Anyway... The match was so good. These two women work fantastic together. Can we get more of these matches? EO versus everybody, please. Because mm-hmm. she's so good and, and I feel like has been like sequestered in this corner of NXT for a lot of her time there where she wasn't able to like, like when she, when they bring her out, like she just delivers an amazing banger and they like, they put her back behind glass until they need her again. Like, let her work. Let her go. Let her have these amazing matches. This was so good. 
And it was so... This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Beautifully, stupidly main roster to have like, oh, the woman who's having a feud with this person on a different show sneaks into the thing and spits the mist in her so that she loses the match. So like, can we just have a match? Like, I, I know the finish protects Sasha Banks. Great. Did it? Did it need Asuka involved so heavily? Yes. Great. We're going to get a tag match between Asuka and Io versus Sasha and, and Bailey. And while that match is happening, it's going to be awesome. And then no doubt there'll be another screwy finish, which will ruin all of that. Like they can't just have a great match with a great clean finish. It has to be a great match with some fireworks and then somebody farts. And then like, what is this? Just have the match. Why does it have to it's okay, I'll accept I, 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 I love the main event. I was looking forward to it all week. And then the finish kind of made me go, what, what, why, though? But what else? What else? I'm not going to defend everybody, but what else could they have done? Because I think if Sasha lost, we'd have been sitting there thinking, she's going against Asuka next week, or next week, in a couple of weeks. That wasn't the right choice. EO, you don't really want to bring someone down from the uh, from the main roster to beat EO clean. Sort of makes NXT look weak, and uh, in a war, in a sort yeah. of rate war, you don't want to do that. I think they book themselves into a corner. So from as, from they, what as did, they often do. So from what I did see, I think the finish perhaps was the smart way out of it. It was the best option of uh, a lot of terrible options. Yeah. Double count out. DQ, all sorts of things to keep both wrestlers strong, which you admittedly kind of have to do. But I, I, I hope we get an honest to goodness, EO versus Sasha, nobody else involved, one on one match with a clean finish sometime. Like all this match did was make me need that. I think I think uh, that the, the fact that the corgi didn't get involved is a missed opportunity. Anakin uh, says uh, left us a super chat. Thank you again. Anakin says, "What would have been a better way to protect Sasha and Io? Just don't have the match. That would have been the best way to protect them both." Uh, I mean, let's let's not beat around the bush. We talked, you know, we spoke about it uh, earlier with a super chat, but. There was a lot of hotshot booking that happened here because WWE wanted to counter-program Fighter Fest, and that's fine. We end up winning because we get EO and Sasha for free on a Wednesday night, and it's a fantastic match. 
yeah, the ending is a little is is screwjobby, but the best way to protect your women in this case is just just don't have the match if you feel that you have to screw us out of a proper of a proper win. Brian Mori says the miss spinning was very COVID friendly. <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe she maybe it's antiseptic that she's uh, that she's spraying. We don't know. Mm. Uh, Zach Barber mm. uh, left a super chat says, or maybe just don't book the match right now. There we go. Yeah. We are in agreement. Uh, Louis Dragoon left a super chat. <laughs> says, Have, uh, has anyone mentioned this stupidly big Bailey's dog? Yes, we talked about the Corgi, and it is, in fact, Sasha's Corgi. Hangs out a lot with her on Instagram. Cyclops is better than Wolverine left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. Says, Troll Bailey is the best Bailey. She's great. I think we're all in agreement on yeah. that one. Taryn Riddick left a super chat. Thank you very much. Says, uh, to combine your idea and WWE logic, I think Robert Stone pays Mercedes Martinez to join the Robert Stone brand and go after Rhea Ripley for revenge. Uh, This is a, I mean, not a bad idea, but Louis, I think Louis and I, we we have a certain kinship on this one, right, Louis? Just, I don't want to have anywhere near a comedy group. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, if, if we're, if we're lucky enough, to get Mercedes Martinez versus Rhea Ripley, that's how we're going to get it. And if we just have to be okay with it. I don't know if I'm okay with it, but I, I, I agree. If we're lucky enough to get Mercedes versus Rhea, it's going to be because Robert Stone hired Mercedes as a mercenary. Mercenaries Martinez. Oh, mercenary Martinez. Oh, it just books itself. So that was NXT. <laughs> We're going to move on to AEW Fighter Fest Night 1. Uh, and uh, folks, if you're liking what you're what you're seeing so far, why don't you give us a thumbs up? That's always appreciated. And I will continue reading Super Chats, even moving into AEW, where we're going to give a chance to Louis to talk for Louis to talk a little more. Zach Barber, in fact, left a Super Chat, says, Louis, Louis should wear a Hawaiian shirt next week for Fighter Fest. I agree. This is what the paying public wants, Louis. Listen, as you guys said to me when I first joined, I am the young lion. The young lion doesn't wear the fancy gear. The young lion wears the simple black attire. He knows his place. Well, and then when 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 he's given more responsibility, and I think Alex agrees with me by 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 his nod. However, (laughs) I can respect that. However, the audience paid for it. I want a Hawaiian shirt next week. There will be a Hawaiian shirt next week. (laughs) Chris Jericho comes out with a Canadian flag jacket because it's Canada Day, folks. Oh, Canada and all of that. And we lead into our first match, MJF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express. Uh, this was a fun, fun match to start uh, to start things off. MJF actually cut a promo on both Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, and he says, the match is happening because we're in a ratings war. And how would you expect to get a W... Without MJF on the front line, my God, Louis. I, personally, I hate ratings talk. I think it's boorish. But you know, and I know that tomorrow everyone is going to be scrutinizing the first quarter hour just because MJF did this, right? Yeah, yeah. It it, it popped me. <laughs> it, it did pop me, and it was it was one of those things where you're like, ooh, let's see actually if he can back it up, and if he is a uh, 
the ratings draw that he says he is, as he say, once the first quarter comes out uh, tomorrow. And if, it, and if he doesn't, it's just perfect heel heat. It is perfect, perfect heel heat. MJ. He'll blame that because uh, Jungle Boy was in the same segment or something. People exactly, turned off. Exactly. Exactly. It's a win win for him. MJF hits a, a, a Cobra Clutch suplex on Jungle Boy. At least I think it was a Cobra Clutch suplex. He does some great heel work, both he and Wardlow do, throughout this match. Uh, they Here's a weird thing, though. They distract Rick Knox, uh, legendary <sighs> tag team referee Rick Knox, uh, while Luchasaurus gets a tag. But Knox's back is turned, so he doesn't see the tags. So when he sees Luchasaurus comes in, he says, hey, go back to your corner. Louis, what the... When is the last time Rick Knox has enforced any kind of tag rules in a tag match? What the hell, man? I've got a little exclusive for you guys. So on the way to Jacksonville, uh, on the plane, it was Dash, <laughs> Rick Knox, and Cash. And apparently for the entire flight, those two just spoke to him about tag rules and how to uh, uphold them. For those that didn't know, that was a joke. <laughs> But yes, it, it it was it was hard to see. Um, it was interesting to see Rick Knox finally uh, uphold some rules, but good to see because uh, I do like me some rules. Uh, it's important to preface or or end certain say- statements with "This is not a report" because some people on Reddit sometimes have difficulty uh, making a difference between the two. Um, Luchasaurus finally gets the hot tag in and takes control of both of the heels. He hits a nice jumping sidekick. Uh, Jungle Boy with double dives onto NJF, followed by a Topicon Hilo. Luchasaurus hits his own huge con- uh, Topicon Hilo on Wardlow. And I just, every time I see Luchasaurus fly, I'm like, this, I should, I should not be seeing this. This, this defies, this defies logic. Uh, the F10 is reversed into a Poison Rana by Jungle Boy, which was cool as hell. Jungle Boy hits a Destroyer off the back of Wardlow, who's on all fours, which was, again, really cool. Marco Stunt tries to interfere, but he gets thrown off the stage onto Jungle Boy by Wardlow. Luchasaurus avoids getting r- the ring punch, but instead, you know, happenstance and Wardlow gets punched by MJF. So he's taken out and Wardlow gets pinned by Luchasaurus for the win. Uh, as strong as the women on NXT were to open up the show, this was equally as strong. Um, um, Louis is your name right? Oh, I forgot for a second. Uh, this, uh, it was equally as strong. Two very strong matches. This was a good, good tag match. Perfect opener, I thought. It was It was definitely the right choice. And uh, they. the finish was good as well. They protected Wardlow in defeat. I thought it was fantastic. It was... Uh, uh, MJF and Jungle Boy had one of my favorite... Have had one of my favorite matches of 2020 sure. thus far with the double or nothing match. And um, they had a good match. And... Uh, uh, Wardlow and Luchasaurus had a good match. So what do you know? When you combine the four, you get good match, a uh, very good match. So um, yeah, I, I was very, very impressed with this one. It was one that I was very excited going in for, and one that delivered. So if people haven't watched it, if they watched NXT and uh, and wanted to do, uh, wanted to check out uh, AEW the next day, definitely check out that match because it was yep, awesome. It is recommended viewing for sure. After the match, we have Lance Archer who's going after Joey Janela in the audience, and Sonny Kiss is trying to keep uh, keep him separated, as per the ops- offspring told us in the past. Um, the uh, the thing here is that uh, Janela and Archer are having a match next week, uh, but uh, clearly Lance Archer's ready to go. You know what my favorite part of this, Louis, was? You know what it was? It was Jake Roberts in the back, 
with the biggest shitting grin on his face. He's like, come on. Come. He was so fantastic. I mean, you know, there's, there's something to say about uh, the way WWE uses it, their legends, you know, to put over the greatest match of all time versus um, versus you, the, the use of a legend like Jake Roberts, where he is literally putting over a guy and adding so much to a situation. This was a, a throwaway segment, but there was a lot to it. I really liked it. Yeah, I'm... I do feel bad for Lance, though. I mean, it was only a month or so ago he was feuding with Cody. And it does feel like a little bit of a downgrade going to Joey Janela, but I hope he just kills him next week. Not not actually no, kills him. No, hopefully I'm not. I'm not uh, hoping for murder, but I, it, I hope it is nothing but an obliteration. Hey, you... this, this is why I said that Lance should win that match versus Cody. Because then you can have Cody chase the title and continue the feud with Lance and book Lance as super strong as that thing. And when Cody finally beats Lance and becomes the second title holder, then you can actually, you've already made Lance that strong as that champion, beating all comers. And now finally Cody gets over him. Then you've, you've created Lance as this actual monster, as opposed to this guy who was a pretend monster because he couldn't beat Cody. And now he's like downgraded. And now he's like just, you know, Kicking Joey Janela's ass, which doesn't feel like it's a- as much of an accomplishment. And same thing with Brody Lee. He lost to John yeah. Moxley, and we got the same thing. Yep. I worry it's going to be the same thing for Brian Cage in a few weeks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. There's a weird pattern, at least in, in, as far as these uh, world title contenders. There's a weird. There's definitely a, a, a weird pattern to it. But you know what? As far as Archer and Janela next week, look, if you want to rebuild... Lance Archer. And I'm going to tell you one thing is AEW so far has proven that they can rehabilitate just about anyone. So I'm not I'm not even worried. A lot I think a lot of our a lot of our apprehensions come from WWE when they drop the ball on someone. My god, they drop the ball and 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 then Vince goes, "Well, goddamn pal, these people, this person sucks. Let's never put them on TV again." kind of thing. Whereas we have seen people be rehabilitated, we've seen Britt Baker, we've seen the Nightmare Collective be uh, be tossed aside. My God, Adam Page was floundering, and he is arguably one of the top five stars in the company. Uh, so if you're going to rehabilitate Lance Archer, starting him off against Joy Janela, who is going to sell whatever Archer gives him, and... Janela is, is going to is going to come up to Arch and say, "Man, whatever you want to do, I'm okay with it. Just you know, hurt me, hurt hurt me as much as you can. I'm okay with it." I don't want Janela to get in a move. <laughs> I want it to be, but I want the match to go about five minutes. I want it just to be Lance fucking sure. with him. I just want him to throw him around the ring, throw him around the arena. Uh, go for a pin, and then when he gets to two, lift his shoulder up. I just want this to be one-sided, just obliteration. Just because that, I'll walk away thinking, wow, we've now got the monster Lance Archer. As opposed to, if they had a back-and-forth match, it would be fine, but I think that a obliteration does more for him. Evan Wright left us a super chat, says, make, oh, by the way, thank you, Evan, make Lance versus Janela a lights-out match, you cowards. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. 
Hikaru Shida defended the AEW World Women's title against Penelope Ford. Um, it starts off with uh, Kip Sabian in the ring getting shoved by Shida after he gets into her face. And he gets thrown out. Aubrey Edwards is like, nah, 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 man. Not, not on my watch. But he also takes the kendo stick with him. So both Shida and Ford are... Are out with uh, are out there without their their allies. Excuse me. They fight quickly to the floor, and Ford tosses Sheeta into the barricades. But Sheeta gets back in control, sets Ford up on the uh, side of the apron, and hits a running knee right on the dangling head. Uh, Ford does the cartwheel back elbow, a running face wash, and a German suplex. Nice little sequence there. Uh, Sheeta hits a fireman's carry into a backbreaker, which is really cool. Hits a Falcon's arrow, but Ford rolls through with a surprise pin attempt, which was surprising. I really liked it. She also avoids a missile dropkick by Sheeta uh, by doing a Matrix dodge kind of thing. Kip runs in with the kendo stick, but Sheeta clocks him with it instead. Um, the uh, slingshot stunner can put Sheeta away. Ford misses a moonsault. She eats some knee strikes. Has a, Eats another Falcon arrow that still doesn't put Ford away. But instead, she eats another knee strike by Sheeta, and that does it. This was the best Penelope Ford has looked since she started in AEW. And uh, between you and me and everyone else watching at home, uh, Louis, I I think it's because of Hikaru Shida, who is a real ring general and can help guide people, uh, use their strengths to guide them to really good matches. This was something that I was expecting, and this is what I felt I've seen tonight. Not taking anything away from Penelope Ford, because she has improved since being signed by AEW. She's become much more TV-ready. But yep. uh, this was this was her best outing. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's accidental. I'd like your thoughts. I I loved this match. Thought it was awesome. I thought it. it um... Penelope Ford probably gained the most from Fighter Fest out I of agree. anyone. I'm probably walking away thinking she uh, went up in my estimations for sure following that match. Um, again, where that's I think down to a combination of Hikaru Shida being fantastic and Penelope Ford uh, improving immensely. The issue I've got is I had no reason to care about this match beforehand. Mm-hmm. I don't think we heard Penelope Ford speak on Dynamite for the past few weeks about it. Um, it would have been an even better match if I, there were some more stakes or I was given a reason to care. But I wasn't really. But um, this, this is the annoying thing. The women, when they go out there, have fantastic matches, like really good matches. Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida put on a clinic at... Um, uh, uh, double sure. or nothing. So I just wish that um, the women would shown some more respect in terms of their storylines and character development on Dynamite, and that uh, obviously would enhance people's uh, experience when they watch the match on a pay per view. But uh, uh, my overall thoughts are that's a small nitpick. My overall thoughts are fantastic match. Um, as I said, I've come away a big fan of Ford, and I. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the future for her. But in terms of the future, what's next for Sheeda? I don't really know. That is a very interesting, uh, an interesting uh, thought. Uh, we'll we'll see how the, how things develop over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, there is uh, there's a lot of moving parts going on right now. We'll just see how things uh, how things end up. Patelron left us a super chat saying that Kendo strike from Sheeda to Sabian. Wow, and it was. He ate it like a pro. 
Evan Wright left us a super chat as well. Thank you, Evan. It says, she does English as good as it is. She's crazy good. Yeah. Like, uh, she's uh, she can cut very, very good promos. Uh, she's uh, Her English is very clear. She's uh, she, She's the woman that they need to be at the centerpiece of the women's division right now. She's not. Someone else's. We'll see. Tessa Blanchard. Oh, brother. Taz breaks down uh, how Moxley, he does one of his move breakdowns, but instead of breaking down a move and how it works, this time he's breaking down how Moxley will not be able to apply his uh, paradigm shift on Brian Cage because Louis Brian Cage is too thick. He's too muscular. Thick with two C's, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, loved it. Awesome. I love the stuff from Taz. I loved it when he was doing it before his stuff with Brian Cage, where it was just a, 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 um, a, just a breakdown of a move. But now when he's doing it and it sort of has more oomph because it's uh, from someone that he knows more. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love this. Yeah. And I want, I want more the, of it. The, the fact that they just flipped the script on it this week, that it was like, instead of, here's, here's how this move is done. It's like, here's how this guy can do this move on this guy. I was like, I, plus, it just adds to the feud. It was a nice little layer. Patelron left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says Taz's promo, uh, because he did cut a promo a little later on in the evening. Says AEW doesn't run a sloppy shop was great. Um, Might as well talk Uh, about it it now. Um, Basically, uh, Taz and Brian Cage come out. Uh, Taz said, basically the bit of news that comes out here is that uh, Mox will not be at Fighter Fest next week, the World Championship match has been pushed back another week until July 15 because of the COVID considerations. Uh, of course, Taz basically says that he's uh, he's a coward in not so many words. But this was again a very good promo by Taz, linking reality into uh, into the storyline. I dug it, Louis. What did you think? I did, apart from the. Uh, what was it sloppy show sloppy sloppy shop sloppy shop sloppy shop i didn't like that line um i like the blending of reality and storyline that was a bit too real for me where um it just a joke about all things take a shot at wwe for their storylines or something vince mcmahon uh, vince vintism don't do it about a deadly virus for me it just didn't sit right and all it takes is one person within aw to very unfortunately test positive for the virus and then the eggs on their face so that wasn't good for me and i just thought the promo while good and would have worked perfectly for an injury for example say someone goes i don't know you've been cleared by a doctor you you can compete why aren't you having sort of saying oh you've you've tested negative for covid you could wrestle for me, it just was. It was. I, I've praised AW for being cautious with this whole COVID stuff. I think that Taz, that promo from Taz, where it sort of was like encouraging Moxie to perhaps not be so cautious, didn't work for me. And it was just a little bit too much in this current climate where I didn't think it was uh, necessary or the right thing to do. But. Um, objectively it was a very good promo delivered very well and um yeah it it's it, it's aw has again done the right thing by delaying the match not rushing it not flying moxley in uh 
They have done the right thing by delaying it. And we've now got fight for the fallen. So we'll probably get peace for the standing NXT or something along those lines. Next, we had uh, Cody Rhodes retaining his uh, TNT championship against Jake Hager. Um, there's some, uh, they, they do some chain wrestling to start, ankle lock attempts that are countered. There's a lot of Arn Anderson in this match where Hager uh, goes after Trip, uh, Arn Anderson, but Cody jumps off the turnbuckles uh, onto the floor with a forearm. Um, then a little later on, Hager actually grabs Anderson and chokes him out. Uh, Hager stays in control for a while until, again, uh, Anderson keeps Hager from tossing Cody into a post. Cody Cutter off the, tur- the top turnbuckle was very cool. The Vader bomb by Hager was also very cool. Can't get the job done, though. Cody hits a slop drop. Uh, a, uh, Hager gets a throwing suplex off the top rope, which was cool. His wife, Jake Hager's wife, Catalina? Katarina? Anyway, she slapped Catalina, Catalina I think. think. She uh, she slaps Hager, uh, excuse me, Cody on, across the face, which of course forces Dustin Rhodes to run out. My God, I did like the finish though, where Cody uh, Cody gets into a triangle choke and reverses it on Hager, um, uh, so that Hager's shoulders are on the mat and the referee counts the pin. The one thing I didn't like about this ending was that Hager thought he won. Now, Hager, the, Jake Hager, I know he doesn't wrestle much on AEW. I can give him that. But, I mean, he's been around the block a couple of times. He knows that if a referee is counting a pin and your shoulders are on the mat, you sh- that's probably you. Like, he, he thinks he won by submission, but the referee's counting one, two, three. At some point, Jake, you know, you sort of, it kind of makes him look like a, like a moron. And Hager strikes the, mat, the referee after the match, and that becomes the story all the other referees run out and well, uh, you know, this was a, a, a strong, this was a strong physical match. I'd like your thoughts on this, uh, on this one, Louis. It was good. It, it was a good match. Um, but at the end of the day, it was Cody Rhodes versus Jack Swagger, which we saw on superstars in 2013. It wasn't a match that I was going, wow, I'm really looking forward to that like I was for Best Friends and Omega and Page and uh, Jurassic Express versus Wardlow and NGF. I think that the thought of just... Uh, Cody's a big match player, and um, he brings it out in the big games. And my issue is more so with Hager's placement yeah. in, in this. It wasn't just an inspiring choice. Um, there are people that I would have preferred to have seen in, in that role. And, um, yeah, it... it, it the, but, but taking all that away, the match was good. The finish protected him well. And AEW did that well. They protected um, Penelope Ford with the finish in the previous match, kicking out the Falcon Arrow and rolling through from that. They protected uh, Wardlow in the match before when he was pinned. I think he kicked out on three or just after so, to sort of protect him there. Um, and they protected Hager. So people didn't lose too much in defeat. And listen, the match was good, but I um, I wasn't blown away by it and uh, uh nor uh, blown away by the the build by the match by anything but uh, i will say i'm surprised that so next week obviously you mentioned that uh, mox and cage won't be fighting it will be uh instead we're gonna get uh the winner of the next match which will go on to uh against the winner of the tag title match I'm surprised it's not the TNT title match, seen as we sort of promised the title defense every every week. And 
I think that would have been um, perhaps a mystery opponent would have been more beneficial. I thought that's where we were going to go. And something I speculated um, when it was sort of clear that we weren't going to get Moxley and Cage. But um, no, this was good. Um, but hopefully we can now get back to the open challenges because those are fun, especially with uh, a couple of uh, non-competes expiring pretty soon. Mm. I, 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 just want, I just want to defend poor Jay oh, Hager. Okay. I yes, think... I think that he uh, he heard somebody uh, the, the one two three on the mat, but he just thought that Cody was tapping really hard, like oh ow I give up, and he kept tapped three times, and that's what Jake thought he heard. So he that's why he otherwise he'd be the biggest idiot in the history of wrestling, and that can't be. Uh, well, Alex, how about this? Uh, Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Left us a super chat. Thank you again. Says Maga Jake has uh, changed the uh, changed the channel heat with me. F him. Um, hey, what do you do with Hager at this point, uh, Alex? Because for some reason they think he's a big match guy, putting him with Mox, putting him with Cody in these situations. But honestly, you know, I think he peaked when he read that that poem. Um, I I. He does nothing for me. And this is very personal. He does nothing for me in the ring as a presence. I don't think he's booked well. I don't know what to do with him. I don't... I'm Me, I, me, I, me too, by the way. I I don't think he should wrestle anymore. Oh. I, I think I think he should... I think he should be Jericho's bodyguard. Just, just and a that's heater. it. Like he, 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 should, he, should, he should come to the ring all the time with Jericho. He, Jericho should send him after dudes in the back but never have him wrestle because 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 he when he wrestles it doesn't work out well for him <laughs> like like but but I I think he can be big and intimidating and throw an elbow at a dude's throat like yeah sure but but he's I, I don't understand he doesn't make any sense when he gets to wrestle why he gets to wrestle he has these big matches versus Moxley then goes away now he's got a big match against Cody what's What's next? I, I think it's, it'd be kind of cool if he was just uh, a, like a, a guy in a suit or, I guess, a polo shirt, because that's what he likes to rock. Just standing there behind Jericho all the time, but not actually wrestling because they're, it's not working out for him the other way. On that note, um, when he didn't wrestle for the first couple of months, it got to the point where I was kind of anticipating a Jake Hager match in AEW. I was sort of like, oh, who's he going to be against? What's he going to do? I I don't think I've ever been excited for a Jack Swagger match before. So I think that, that as Alex said, have him maybe wrestle a Brock Lesnar like sort of MMA MMA schedule. Uh, as sort of UFC fighters don't fight every week, so have him follow that sort of thing. Say like I'm a prize fighter. I'm not going to fight every week. I'll fight when the prize is big enough. So have him wrestle every couple of months uh, if, if you want to have him wrestle uh, in some aspects. But yeah, I agree with Alex. This putting him in sort of every couple of weeks matches isn't working. I just want to say that it, I got, I cut my teeth in, in wrestling criticism. If that's even a thing writing reviews of main event for another website. And I'm pretty sure I saw swagger versus stardust at least a dozen times during those couple of months so this this brought me back to a, to an old happy place darby allen does some skateboarding stuff at his compound that's cool good for him 
Orange Cassidy then comes to join commentary. Jericho takes offense to it, but that leads us into Private Party defeating Santana and Ortiz. It was a, a fun little match. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it was just, you know, it just kind of happened. There was some nice stuff here uh, with Private Party getting early offense in uh, uh, as uh, Cassidy launches himself off the top rope to the floor. There's a lot of quick in and out offense. Um uh, I think it's Cassidy who hits a screw suicide dive on both Santana and Ortiz at some point to the floor. Santana spikes Cassidy with a springboard cutter as well, which looked really, really good. They even hit a, uh, they being uh, Santana and Ortiz, a top rope Liger bomb on Mark Quinn. But uh, ultimately, Private Party hit the gin and juice for the win. At the end of the match, uh, Mark Quinn goes to, da- to dance around uh, uh, the commentary table and Jericho takes offense to it. And then Orange Cassidy stands up and he just like tips his chair over and Jericho loses his mind that they have to send people out to keep them from having a full on brawl, which was perfectly ridiculous. Uh, your thoughts on all of this, uh, Louis, the, the match and the, the post angle, which I thought was just perfectly ridiculous. I enjoyed it. What do you think? I couldn't enjoy the post angle. Because I was furious at the ending to the match. I like Private Party. They're great. But their time isn't now. Santana and Ortiz need to start picking up some wins. Apart from their first couple of matches with um, the Young Bucks on Dynamite. I can't remember the last killer match that um, that, uh, Santana and Ortiz had. Uh, they need to start picking up wins. I think they have been hurt by the fact that AEW's tag division is so strong that they just sort of feel like another team on the roster right now when they are actually one of the best tag teams in the mm-hmm. world. So um, I was disappointed when they lost and even more disappointed when it was later revealed that um, it was going to be for the tag titles. Because I think if you if you had a... Um, Page and Omega versus Santana and Ortiz next week. That'd be a great match. And it's um, an instant story yeah. on top of that. Yeah, the match was fine. It was uh, the weakest on the card, but that's probably because of the good uh, other great matches that were on the card. Um, it was fun, and I think Private Party have some great offense. That, that they're just very exciting to watch. And I, I know I was negative on them being uh, the winners, but them versus Page and Omega next week will be fantastic. And putting them in there with two very experienced teams will be great for their um, sort of experience in AEW and um, sort of uh, working on their skills. But yeah, it was it, it was a fine match and a fine post uh, post um, match segment. And not NXT, AEW World Tag Team Champions, Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega successfully defended their titles against the best friends who, as I mentioned earlier on the NXT, uh, on the NXT, NXT review, were driven to ringside by Trent's mom, whose name is Sue, by the way, for those of you paying attention. Um, the match starts out, this, I, I really like this match. These are two, the, I love best friends. I think they're a fantastic team. Kenny Omega and Adam Page, uh, who'd have thunk that they would turn into such a an amazing combination? Um, there's some exchanges between them both uh, at start, which are absolutely fantastic. Trent gets an early backdrop suplex, and the best friends double-team Adam Page. 
who fights back and suplexes Trent onto Chucky. Then FTR eventually come out with lawn chairs and a cooler to sit up at the top of the ramp to watch the action. Uh, Chucky hits a great somersault senton uh, to, uh, off the top rope to the floor. Uh, Trent w- hits a tope and shoves Omega into Chucky, who flips him over and, ru- and who falls, flips over right into the barricade onto the floor. Page hits a great pescado and a lariat on Trent. Um, Chucky hits a, a, a sit-out pile driver. Um, the, um, they avoid, the best friends avoid the finisher, uh, the uh, Page Omega finisher, and instead hit connect with Strong Zero. Kenny Omega saves the match at the nick of time, like at the very last moment, breaks the pin up. Uh, Chucky T then lands uh, another sit-out pile driver. There's some awful near fall. It's not some awful, some awesome, excuse me, near falls with Adam Page and Trent, but it's the buckshot lariat that finally puts Trent Beretta away. This was a good, good tag team match, Louis. Yeah, it, it was great. It was, um, initially I was sort of thinking this is like a four star match, which is great, great TV match, but it didn't feel like they were sort of pushing. Uh, up and having a pay-per-view sort of main event caliber match. Um, but it really picked up towards the end. Omega took a couple of nasty bumps where he didn't, he looked like he landed quite badly, but sort of that enhanced the match. Um, yeah, right, right finish. I think pay, uh, best friends sure. definitely gained a lot. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I was a fan of this match, but man, the post match angle, let's talk about it after the match. FTR come to the ring. They have some beers for the champs. Page takes his beer. Omega takes his beer. They all sort of chin. But Omega dumps his beer on the floor. He just pours it out. Eh, Cash and Dax don't like that. They're like, hey, what what are you doing, man? And the young bucks come over. They run in and like, hey, hey, everybody, stay cool, stay cool. But Adam Page didn't quite appreciate that Kenny Omega dumped his beer. He's like, man... This is a little token of appreciation. It's a little gift. What are you doing? I And you end with that visual where you have the elite guys on one side and FTR arguing with them with Adam Page sort of hanging around them. Mm. Ooh. I, my God. If if anything, Louis, AEW is so good at this long-term booking. I dug this so much. Give me a... Six, uh, a three-on-three tag match later down the line when Page eventually turns. Give me a two-on-two-on-two tag team match between these three teams. Give me any combination of these six men in the ring together and inject it straight into my veins. Mm -hmm. This was a brilliant way to end the the show. Yeah. My only semi-gripe would have been perhaps have private party involved in some capacity to build to the tag title match next week. But um, it's a difficult one because I think that you need to build to that match, but also they aren't on the same level as uh, the Bucks and uh, Omega and Page and uh, FTR. So having them involved wouldn't have worked. So it's a difficult one. But yeah, this was a great ending to a very, very, very good show. Yes. So yeah, all, all thumbs up from me. Yes, it, it, it was a very, very good show. Two solid shows tonight. 
Cyclops is better than Wolverine left a super chat. Thank you very much. Says private uh, private party is great and deserves better. Li- oh, Pride and Powerful. Excuse me. No, I, I got my acronyms mixed up. Pride and Powerful is great and deserves better like Penta and Phoenix. I don't disagree with that. They do. Uh, they need to break this this weird losing streak they're on. Evan Wright left a super chat. Left us two, actually. Thank you very much. Says that he loved how Excalibur mentioned the uh, Kenny Omega Chucky e. T team. Yes, I. This is one thing that I appreciate from AEW is that they they don't live in a bubble where everything outside of their walls doesn't exist. Uh, I like that they mentioned it as well. It's always a. It's always good, rewarding to be a wrestling fan to be watching stuff elsewhere. You know, it doesn't take much to make us feel good as wrestling fans. You know, <laughs> Evan Wright says, "Give me bucks." Uh, Omega versus Page, FTR, hose me down. Yeah, we just talked about it and we're absolutely in agreement. Injection 2K says the four horsemen, Cody, Page, and FTR. Alex, there's rumors that this is, that Cody is a long-term, it's a long-term con to turn him heel. You could, you could do a lot better if you wanted to bring back, a lot worse, excuse me. If you wanted to bring back the four horsemen, then... Cody Rhodes, Adam Page, and FTR. Yeah, uh, I've, 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 I've seen the Cody and FTR thing. I had not thought of Page. The one that I saw was, I, I don't know that this is a, a good idea, but I, I, I get the connection. Because Tully Blanchard is his manager, using Sean Spears as part of the group. Um, just because, to get that Tully thing with Arn there as well, as like part of like, like say, hey, this is our blessing. We're giving this to them. Um, but absolutely, Cody and FTR. There was there was a, a point um, back when EC3 was with uh, WWE and they weren't doing anything with him, where, where uh, FTR was like on Twitter, like publicly begging for EC3 to be their Ric Flair, mm-hmm. and they could find a fourth guy, any fourth guy, and 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 sure. be and be that kind of of a group. Cody could absolutely be that kind of a figurehead. For that thing and and FTR is as the tag team, that's it. Like Paige would be the perfect fourth guy for that. I think I think that they could run that company for years. Brian Pillman for me. Love uh, a junior. I, yeah. Well, obviously junior. No, no, yes. I'm just wondering if you're not like time traveling or something, or if you like, you know, if you're aware no, of something. The third I'm a very talented man. I can't time travel just yet. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. But um, Brian Pillman would be very good in that role. I think Junior would be very good in that role. Uh, and um, I'm going to be interviewing him on Friday. So it's something I'm going to be bringing up to him. And suggesting if he wants to do that. So if you want to check that out, head on over to Rustop Interviews at the end of this week. And you can check that out. But no, Brian Pillman, I think, would work for the group. Page of work. I wouldn't want to see Sean Spears personally. DGMC left us a couple of super chats. Thank you very much, DGMC. First, uh, Hangman and Kenny versus the Bucks versus FTR at All Out. Who wins? Um, that's a that's a tough. You know who wins? The fans. The fans. Yeah, the fans. Well, who wins? Who wins is FTR because then it allows FTR to go on and do other things while the Bucks and versus Omega and Page like fully implodes and happens. And then you get Paige turning on Omega eventually and joining FDR. Like the, 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 this, the top of the tag division 
like has a year's worth of storylines ready to, to be yeah. done. His other super chat reads as follows. Face Hangman and FTR versus heel Kenny and the Bucks in 2021. I, the Young Bucks should be heels. They really should. Matt Jackson is an insufferable little prick. And I love him for that. Uh, and I think he does it wonderfully. The Bucks definitely need to be heels. I think Kenny Omega... The, the, your main problem here is that Hangman Page can never be a... Well, not never, but he can be a heel right now. He's way too over. Mm-hmm. We'll wrap this up with Evan Wright with the last Super Chat of the night saying, get ready for Okada Ishimori and Ishii Hiromu. Ooh, that's in a couple of hours in New Japan. I'll be waking up for that. But I want to thank you all for hanging out this late, especially our boy Louie. There's probably sunlight pouring into his room. He needs to get to bed. Louie, tell the folks where they can find you and uh, what you got going on this week so as i mentioned i'm interviewing brian pillman this week and rj city as well uh we've got an interview going up this friday with nwa world champion nick aldis where he talks about working actually with cody for that all-in match um his time with nwa his time with impact and uh more so head on over to wrestle talk interviews to check that one out subscribe over there and uh, no, just follow me on Twitter at the Louis Dangor. Uh, you can see the link below for those that are just listening. That's uh, the Louis L O U I S D A N G O O R. Head on over there. I normally post anything that I uh, upload or break exclusive wise on there. So just follow me on there, and you keep up to date with all of my lovely chat, which is now involving football or for you guys soccer. Now that the Premier League has returned. There you go. Alex, what do you got going? Well, you know, I'm sure there'll be a SmackDown, and I'll watch that because I'm forced to, and I'm a masochist. The level of energy when you have to talk about watching SmackDown. Like, it's the same thing at every show. We start the show, and you're really into it. NXT, this and this and that. What do you got going? Well, you know, there's there's SmackDown. (laughs) There's SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, here's here's what I'm going to – I'm going to have fun. Uh, watching and counting all the people who aren't there and then recklessly speculating about why. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes or follow or subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I record my podcast live tomorrow evening, 9 p.m. Eastern. Come join. There's a lot of the faithful, fightful faithful who are in the chat there as well. It's a good time. Otherwise, uh, thank you everyone for watching this evening. Subscribe to Fightful Select. That's how you find out about Alex Pulowski and Soma uh, and and how much he loves Raw and SmackDown and much other things as well. Thank you all very much for joining us this evening. We'll see you next time. And we're out. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.
Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save 